his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, welcome in. Brian Mazeroski here with you uh, just by myself today for the next hour, and we're going to jump right into it because joining me live from the Toronto Sun, uh, plenty of other media, too, columnist Brian Lilly to get an update on what is going on just north of the border from us. So what started as a trucker protest out west in Canada making its way to Ottawa picked up steam and has now turned into over a week of being in Ottawa. Brian, uh, I think when, you know, this protest landed on the capital of Canada, people were thinking, all right, there will be a, a weekend of protests, and then it'll probably peter out from there. It seems like it's only grown larger since the convoy arrived at the capital. Well, the sad part is that the police chief in Ottawa uh, thought that it was going to be two or three days, and then it would stop. Uh, but anyone who had paid attention to what the protesters were saying is they they drove from british columbia from nova scotia like from both ends of the country to meet in ottawa they kept saying we're going and we're not leaving till we get what we want and we want all mandates over so yesterday the police chief who's under under huge amounts of fire over his handling of this his very weak handling of this um he, he said well you know we, we didn't know we thought it was going to be three days it, it, like Everybody that had reported on this in the media here in Canada had spoken to truckers who said, we won't leave. So now this protest, you know, it's hitting a border crossing uh, between Alberta and Montana. Um, it's hitting, I believe Montana, it's hitting um, uh, the Ambassador Bridge, which links Windsor and Detroit. It's the busiest cross-border uh, commercial uh, border crossing in the country. Uh, like it, 27%, this is from the, the U.S. government's website, 27% of the $400 billion a year our two countries do in trade crosses that border. It's pretty close to shut down this morning. So this is a growing protest, both in Ottawa and in other parts of the country. You know, I always want to be careful on how I characterize this, because a, a lot of places will say, well, this is a, a trucker protest against the vaccination mandate to cross the border that went into place last month. Uh, but it seems like it's much more than that. I mean, that's a, a central core of it, obviously. But this is also a lot of Canadians protesting about the last two years of, you know, really restrictive mandates in many cases. Very restrictive mandates, uh, for the most part, stricter than what you've had in, in the United States. Although, you know, depending at different times, um, you guys have had certain things in New York State or in California that we haven't had, but for the most part, stricter here. 
uh, than you faced in the United States. Always the travel warnings, the the border closures, which you know you being in Buffalo, you know, you know, you know how impactful that is uh, for border communities. And uh, you know the the Trudeau government's part of it, but just like. Uh, with you, there's rules from the, the federal government and rules for the state government. We've got rules from the federal government and rules from the provincial government, sometimes the municipal governments. And people are, are getting to the point where they're fed up. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has tried to dismiss this as a fringe minority uh, with unacceptable views. That was his description of the, uh, the protesters uh, when he's not just outright calling them racist, bigots and misogynists. But, you know, a, a poll just last week showed 54% of Canadians are done with COVID restrictions and want them to go. Um, you know, just shy of uh, 45% said that they understand you know, or, or have some sympathy for what the protesters, which includes truckers and others, as you said, what they're complaining about. So it's hardly a, a fringe minority, but it is a dangerous position for the the prime minister to be in trying to dismiss so many people at once with the back of the hand. Brian Lilly joining us. You can read his columns in the Toronto Sun. You know, you mentioned the prime minister's response and Justin Trudeau, and I've been really uh, taken aback, I guess, by his response to this kind of doubling down on past comments that really, you could argue, might have sparked this in the first place, uh, you know, past comments about people who were unvaccinated, um, you know, labeling them, as you said, racist, misogynist. And now continuing with that, even seeing that it's not just a minority, it's a really big protest movement around Canada. Are, are you surprised at his response at all? No, because uh, I've known the man for a long time. I've covered him since he was first elected, and this is in his nature. He doesn't back down from a fight, and sometimes that's great, right? You you want a, a political leader who's a fighter, but sometimes leadership is de-escalating the situation, calming things down. Um, you know that that's what good political leaders do. And even last night, they they had a, an emergency debate in Parliament on ending the, the protest in Ottawa, which has you know, shut down large parts of the nation's capital. I mean, imagine overtaking all the roads around the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Uh, I can't imagine that going on for what we're on to 12 days now. Um, you know, it, and I've been in both cities. I've covered both cities. They have in some ways similar um overlapping police jurisdictions. They have similar security. But I can't imagine this happening in Washington, D.C., where for 12 days protesters overtake the area surrounding the Capitol. That's what's happened. And Trudeau was dismissive of the concerns raised by the protesters and and last night said the people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. That's true. They don't. But then he went on. He said, They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flag flying on a street corner or a Confederate flag. There was one swastika that somebody showed up with on the outside of the protest on the first main day, and that person was shoved away by the protesters. (laughs) We don't want you here. Get lost. And, yes, somebody did carry a Confederate flag once into the protest, and the same sort of thing. Of course, you know, the prime minister is dismissing 
what has literally been tens of thousands of people over the past two weeks by the actions of two individuals. And this is how we operate. He doesn't engage with the issue. He tries to dismiss everybody who opposes him as a racist, a bigot, a misogynist. And it's about, you know, as Tip O'Neill famously said, all politics is local. He's trying to gin up his base and get them excited because he's, you know, all he needs is 33 percent to win an election in this country. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky, I think, because you have these calls to, okay, well, there needs to be a negotiator, a a mediation or so. I believe someone on this station yesterday said, you know, we, we need a mediator. But. A movement like this, Brian, there. this is just a movement of pe- people are drawn to the cause. And I know that there are people who say, well, I'm the, the leader, the organizer of the truckers protest. And, you know, maybe that's true to an extent. But you can't really negotiate with one person. You don't have one person speaking for a cause that has, you know, uh, drawn the support that this protest has. Uh, how do you see the end to this? And uh, are you seeing uh, a lot of people say, well, who's the leader of the protest? You know, who is speaking for these people? I, I don't see it that way. I, I think that's just, it's a feeling. It, it's not a group led by a leader. There, you're right. There is no leader for this protest movement. So I don't know who he would speak with. Um, you know, the uh, protest leaders at different times have made various statements of what they would do or wouldn't do that were not held up. They weren't true uh, because, you know, I'll give you an example. They said um, uh, they would um, not blow horns because, they, you know, for people that, that don't know, they've been blowing their air, air horns nonstop for large chunks of the day while they're there. And, you know, people that haven't been subjected to that might laugh and say, well, it's just honking. What does it matter? You're talking hundreds of air horns going at once for hours at a time. It's deafening. It's maddening. It goes in the middle of the night. People can't sleep. But the protesters uh, said, uh, the organizers said, well, we won't blow air horns on Sunday from 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. Of course, a bunch of them did. So, you know, what can he do? There's no one to talk to. Well, he could start by lowering the temperature. He could start by saying that he understands the frustrations of so many Canadians at the pandemic restrictions instead of simply dismissing them all as racist. It's a it's a card he has played too many times and too often to be of effect, but he just keeps doing it. Um, he should say that he understands that they're looking at you know, relaxing restrictions, which would not be a climb down for him because the uh, the chief medical officer of health, the Canadian equivalent of Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, has said, you know what, we need to start living with COVID-19. We need to start reexamining all the restrictions, including vaccine passports, including mandatory vaccinations for certain industries. She said, we, you know, we need to do this because this virus is not going away. Well, as the lead medical person is saying that the lead political person is doubling down saying, no, I'm actually going to do more. If you're a truck driver going between two different provinces, I'm going to force you to be vaccinated. 90% of the truckers are vaccinated, just like 90% of the adult Canadian population is vaccinated. Um, He's 
doing this because he knows there's a good chunk of the population that's angry at being held back. And that is, for some people, manifesting itself with the protest. For others, it's manifesting itself in anger at the unvaccinated because they say, you're the people holding me back. So instead of being a leader and trying to find common ground and bring people together, Trudeau's trying to pit one group of Canadians against the other for political expediency and political um, you know, points down the road. He doesn't need to be going this route. Brian, appreciate the time. Know you've got to run. That's Brian Lilly. You can read his columns in the Toronto Sun talking a lot about this issue, the uh, protests going on in Ottawa, and not just Ottawa now. He mentioned uh, a few bridges all across uh, the country, and uh, we were talking earlier this morning about it spreading a little bit into the U.S. So thanks, Brian, for coming on. Uh, It is a – you listen to Brian talk there, and you try and think about, all right, what is the solution for this? Logistically – Think about this. And there have been, you know, smart people, engineers, who have actually thought about this. Logistically, all these trucks, I mean, not, you know, pickup trucks. It's not a Tacoma. All these big semis around the nation's capital in Ottawa on the streets leading to the nation's capital, on the bridge between Windsor and Detroit. You you can't simply say, all right, we're good, we're going home. So to say that, you know, oh, end the, you know, protest. We've made our point. Even if that was the case and everyone was on the same page, you know, Brian's point earlier, uh, it's not like they're saying, uh, you know, uh, it's not a run-of-the-mill protest. All right, well, you know, I guess we'll go home. We made our point here. Let's go around the corner, walk home. What do you want for dinner? Now, these trucks have come from the western part of Canada. They're coming from across the country. It's not just a a matter of, all right, we'll turn the corner and go home. It's, we came here for a reason. We came here over the course of days and hours on the road for this very reason. And then logistically, you look at these trucks. It's unbelievable. The drone footage from this is, I mean, it is simply incredible. To the point where removing the trucks by tow truck or anything like that, if the government wanted to do that. You know, uh, uh, Brian Lilly made the point of how long would this last in Washington, D.C.? Well, I don't know. Maybe it would last this long because you can't physically move all these trucks out of place. This is from uh, the CBC News. That heavy towing experts say that removing the trucks would be impossible without cooperation from the drivers. And I read that and say, well, you know, listen, I've driven through enough parking lots before where no one knows the rules and how to get around, and it takes long enough to drive down one of these lanes. You ever drive down the parking lot uh, lane where the uh, spaces are angled? And when they're angled, that means it's one way. No one knows that, do they? No, these are professional drivers, but still, you can kind of see where I'm going here. 
getting out, even if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, that's going to take days in and of itself. There's so many people, so many trucks in the downtown area. I mean, it is, it's massive. So now you're in a point, you look at the other side of things, you're the prime minister. I don't see how you can come out of this ahead. You look at a few things. One, to uh, Brian's point at the end there when we were talking with him, these restrictions are going to end eventually. You have, even in Canada here, you know, you saw the recent polling, over half of the people are, are saying restrictions need to come to an end. They are going to come to an end, likely sooner rather than later. I mean, look at what's happening here in the U.S. Four states yesterday say we are plotting an end to the school mask mandate. Now, you, you look at a place like Oregon, it's not until the end of March. But it's still saying the end. So what's happening? Well, you know that they have, I mean, these are big, governors aren't just, hmm, looking at a couple spreadsheets, making a decision, sleeping on it. They have polling, they have data that isn't public that shows them where they think the public is leaning. So when you see this shift, and it's not just a shift in policy, it would be a shift in uh, messaging through not just what the governors are doing, but what you're seeing on, I mean, you know, flip on CNN, flip on a lot of these stations where you've seen people again and again say, you know, we need the mask, we need this vaccine passport, this and that, are now backing off that idea. And, you know, of course, you can say that, you know, Omicron changed that. It's transmissible uh, amongst people who are vaccinated. You know, that's why we are shifting the way you can. But I think it's also driven by people knowing where the public is heading. And more and more, even in places like in New York City, for example, where the public has been very open to accepting these restrictions, California, which just, you know, was on this list kind of yesterday. They're saying, all right, well, now it's time to end because we're not going to be able to keep this going any longer. So that's a fact up in Canada, too, even without this protest. But now you have this protest. You heard Brian Lilly say, uh, Justin Trudeau, not somebody who likes to back down from his position. He called him a fighter. So I doubt he wants to be seen as caving in to the protest. But if you remove the restrictions, I mean, it's kind of the logical thing for people to see. All right, the protest worked. We stayed here. They removed the restrictions. If you stand hardline, I don't think it ends. So it's an interesting standoff. I, I don't know if politically there's a, a positive way for you know Trudeau to say he managed the situation well at this point. I mean, look at what it's caused. And look at what the end result is going to be. There, there's really only a couple things, a ways that it can go. You're going to lift these restrictions now. Or you're going to lift them a little later, and what are you doing? You're, you're going to wait out the trucker protest? That's risky. It's risky. I mean, that would take maybe a whole nother week just to uh, move all these trucks out of here. That's if they want to go.
So interesting situation in Canada that, again, uh, spreading uh, south of the border. We heard uh, about what's happening at the bridge between Windsor and Detroit. Nothing on the international bridges here yet. I mean, uh, a protest about a week and a half ago took place. But nothing like the uh, truck blockade that you uh, saw up in Windsor not too long ago. Well, hey, you know, on parking, by the way, that reminds me of something. When we come back here, how do you handle those lots? And what is your, your parking preference? I was thinking about this over the weekend. I have changed. I have been forced into change. My son has changed me. How I park, that is. You're listening to Beamaz and Beamer on WBEM. And welcome back in. Brian Mazeroski here with you for the next half hour or so uh, to keep the conversation going on WBEM. Thanks for being with me. If you missed Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun, joined us at 9 o'clock. You can uh, hear that coming up soon on demand at WBEN.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search Beamaz and Beamer. It should uh, appear right there for you. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff on what's going on up in Canada. But, you know, we were talking about uh, just the logistical aspect of it, removing these trucks. I, I was looking at something in the CBC, which uh, they were talking to some towing companies who said that, you know, if they ordered the trucks to be removed and uh, they didn't voluntarily do it, it would be impossible. They just simply couldn't do it, logistically. (laughs) And I said, even if they all wanted to move, I don't know how you do it. Single file, one at a time. Hey, Steve's sleeping in the back of his cabin. Get him going. He's blocking the rest of us. It would be very tough, but, you know, it got me thinking about, because I mentioned um, it's... You know, almost like driving in a parking lot, especially with the snow right now. So there's a little less space there. Things can get a little murky when you look at the lines. And you're kind of try- you're driving along. You're missing some of these uh, snow banks, other cars. And how many times, you know, the parking lots that have the angled spaces that nobody knows how to use. Angled spaces means it's one way, and then you pull in, and it's an easier pull out, and then keep going that same way. It never fails. You drive down one of these spaces. Somebody's going in the opposite direction. It's always, it drives me nuts. I'm sure a lot of other people are there too, but I was thinking just about parking in general because I was down at the auto show over the weekend. Went there, took my son. Look at some cars, have a good time. Now, I typically, when I go anywhere, I mean, it doesn't matter if uh, it's downtown, just anywhere. But especially for an event like this, uh, we're going to the convention center, I go to a game somewhere. I am always the person who's looking around on the street. Where can I park for free? Where can I get that parking? I'll drive around one, two, three, four times around this block, another block, go another route just to try and find that parking spot, right? I don't want to pay 
for a spot when I know I can park sometimes even closer for nothing. So I'll search around for that spot and I'll spend a while doing it. And I don't care if I have to, you know, I said sometimes closer. Sometimes it's further away, but to me it's worth it. I don't want to spend $15, $20, whatever the rate of parking is at whatever event you're at. I'll park way down there and we'll hike it. But that's just me. And that's how I've always been my entire life, except for this past weekend. This past weekend, it turned the corner just a little bit. I had my son with me. I had the stroller. I said, all right, he's not old enough yet where I can trust him to hang out by my side. He's a little too heavy for me to be holding for two hours straight. I, I, so I brought the stroller and I knew driving down there, I said, all right, normally I'd be driving down Franklin. I'd make a little turn. I'd turn around, go through the block a few times. All right, Delaware, what's going on down here? I'd be looking, looking, looking for that free spot. I knew I was driving down the 190. I'm not doing any of that. I have... My kid with me, I've got the stroller. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to park right next to the convention center, and I'm going to spend whatever money it has. I've got money in my pocket. I'm going to have to spend it, and that's the way it does. And that's how having a kid changes you, if anyone ever asks. How have you changed since becoming a father? Well, I'm more apt to pay for parking. Because that's why I did this weekend. I know I'm not dragging a stroller. I don't know what the sidewalks are going to be all over the place. I've got to be close. I got to be easy entrance and definitely an easy out. And it made me wonder if other people are probably in the same boat. 8030930. You can send me a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, or you can weigh in. Give me a call. 803. 803- 0930-803-0930 on WBEN in Buffalo. I, there probably is a lot of people like me who have parked one way their entire life. This is how I do it. And But maybe there are scenarios where you go, okay, uh, maybe I'm going to do this way again. Or, or maybe there's something in your life that changed. All right, I always used to park this way, and now I'm a pay parker. You're like me. I always park on the street. I always look around for a spot. I'll drive around for an extra 20 minutes. As long as I find that spot, it's worth it. Until this past Sunday rolls around and, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not doing that uh, anymore. At least when I have my son in the car, especially when I have him and a stroller. Uh, the pushing the stroller all throughout and uh, trying to find that spot just doesn't uh, really work for me. On our text board, 8030930. I like this too, and I'll look for this. Someone said, give me a pull through space. Trying to back out of a space, you're three quarters of the way out, somebody comes roaring in behind you as you're trying to back out at a grocery store. As if they don't see the person back up, avoid all that. You want the pull through space? I uh, I agree with that to some extent, to some extent. I have an SUV now. If I'm at the grocery store, and now my car is the backup camera, which is pretty good. You've got a pretty good field of vision on the backup camera. 
to see what's around you. Plus, you have your head and your eyes, which I know a lot of people don't like to use in a parking lot. But you can actually use it. You're allowed to look around, turn the shoulder, do one of these things. I, I love the pull-through in most scenarios. If I'm grocery shopping, though, I'm going to put the groceries in the back. So if I pull through and then someone pulls in behind me, you can't really do that and pull, uh, put all the groceries in the back. I'm not going to open up the hatch and, like, sit on the hood of the other vehicle and, you know, try and uh, finagle the cart around here. Now i got to take the cart instead of it being on the outside. I'm putting it, you know, inside in between, like, four different cars to try and park. So at the grocery store, unlike everywhere else, if I'm in the parking lot, I don't do the pull-through. Now, that's why, ideally, all these spots should be the angled ones. You see that in a lot of spaces. I think over around the corner at the Boulevard Mall. A lot of Walmarts have this. Angled parking spots. In some of the the one uh, down the boulevard does in North Tonawanda. But that should be the best. But it's actually the worst because no one knows how to use it. The lanes are purposefully only wide enough for one car to go through. And then somebody, of course, is not paying attention, comes barreling through the other way. And then they see you and they go, oh, well, I'll just park here since both of us can't fit through. And then they realize, wait, why can't I park here? How come I can't make a 210-degree turn on a dime in the parking lot? <laughs> so that's my – I like the pull-through. I like the, where this uh, texture is thinking. But – in groceries, uh, or in a grocery store, that's not my thing for that reason now. When I had the sedan, you know, it wasn't a problem. Everything's going in the back seat. I'll pull through. Not that big of an issue. And I'm not usually buying a bunch of stuff to begin with. I'll just carry it. Don't have the carton all the time. Now, with the kid, with the groceries, you gotta. Need space for that to open up. Someone's chiming in saying, you always went out to dinner early with the kids. That way you order fast, get your food faster. Kids don't get restless. I find myself doing that. I, I go out to dinner early more for me, though. So I'm up or I'm ready for lunch right now. It's not even 10 o'clock. So early bird dinner. That's, that might be more for me than it is. Uh, someone said the trick is to get right next to... The cart corral. So that one side is completely protected from somebody smacking into your car. Now, here's a little see. I was told I was a teenager, right, when you're working uh, out in the lots with the shopping carts. And I remember being a teenager and having a friend tell me never to park next to the cart corral because they'll take those carts and scrape the side of your car. <laughs> and that's always stuck with me. So I always park away from the car corral. Not too far away because I want it to be close. I am a good person. I return my shopping carts. But I'm not parking right next to it just because of what one person told me all those years ago. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, you have those things that stick with you in life. 
One person said it to me once in my lifetime. And now I'll never do it again. Uh, 803-0930, if you want to join us, let's go to Jim. Jim is in Hamburg. Uh, how, how do you park? Are you a person who will look around, drive around for 10 minutes to try and find a good parking spot, Jim? Well, I'm, I'm in my late 70s, so I got a handicap sticker, so we can't go there. <laughs> I used to, though. I used to, depending on what I was driving, if I had my old beater truck, I didn't care where I parked it. But if I had the nice car, I always looked for a spot that was, uh, hopefully nobody played uh, bumper cars with it. Jim, to me, for events, it's more about paying versus not paying. Maybe that's me being cheap, but I'm I, my thing was always, listen, I why am I going to pay to park my car when I know I can do it for free? You're, you're right. You know, it's 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 a business. You know, the guy's got an opportunity to make money if there's a convention center next door to it, and he can make money when the, something's going on. It's just a business. It, you can't blame the guy for doing it. You know. No, I, I don't blame any. You got me right, but I had so I had the stroller. I'm not about to park on the street and drive around with the kid in the back saying, "Hey, when are we getting out of here?" What's on your mind, Jim? Anyways, the thing is, you know, when people go to get their driver's license today. Years ago, we used to call it operator's license because you had to operate the car. Nowadays, the cars are so simple. You see it on TV. The four girls get in there, and they're going someplace, and they say, oh, I hate parallel parking. Well, you don't have to anymore. They pull up alongside, hit the button, and parallel parks by itself. You know? Now, years ago, when you used to go take your driver's test, and you had your 63 Chevy, three-speed on the column with no power steering or power brakes, he would there was a necessity for you to be able to parallel park well to do that you had to be able to operate the car nowadays everything is so simplified for them that these people don't really know how to operate a car anymore they know how to drive it just like it was an amusement park and that's part of your problem i you know jim i appreciate the call i uh, will agree somewhat with you on this i do th- and that's the wonders of technology, right? You, it's outdated a little bit how we give people their driver's license. You know, to go on our our you know to keep with the parking. On your driver's license, you have to parallel park. Parallel parking has never been easier. If you can't parallel park with the backup cam, I I don't think there's any help in you. But it's so. Some of the cars do it themselves, by the way. It's so easy. I would rather, on the driving test, have somebody go through a parking lot and see how they act. I mean, you're probably, you know, unless you live in the city, maybe then it's different. They take a look. You know, the person, right, should be... Uh, Look at the address on the uh, learner's permit before your driver's test. All right, you live in Buffalo. Let's go parallel park. All right, you live in uh, Amherst. All right, let's go over to um, the uh, uh, BJ's TJ Maxx parking lot. Let's see what you do. <laughs> the worst parking lot ever. Let's see how you act when uh, it's a pressure situation. You got some people moving around here, pushing carts. You got a few cars over here. It's a little tight. Which way are you going? Are you going to stop completely at all the stop signs? You don't, in this case, 
You might have to creep forward to see around this wall. How do you park? How do you get out? I think that would be a lot more useful than what they do now. Take someone into a parking lot for a learner's permit test. I like it. I have actually, it's not so much about um, ease of parking or anything like that. Like I told uh, our last caller, I am, it's solely for me about saving a few bucks. I don't want to spend an extra $10 to park here. I'll walk or drive around for a little bit and I'll park on the street somewhere. But it's not always that. You know, I've gotten, uh, you know, there are times someone will offer me a, uh, a parking pass to go on the ramp at the Sabres game. You know what I'm talking about? You're at the arena. you got the big ramp right next to it. And if you have, you know, somebody who's a season ticket holder or who has one of those, you know, sometimes you get, hey, you know, you want to park here? Free parking. And I always thought, oh, my, that's the best. I don't have to look around. I get to park for free. I get up in the ramp. That's what I used to think. And then you do it a couple times. And unless you get there real early and you're down by the bottom, which even so, you know, then you're, you got that long line of uh, cars. I, you're waiting forever to get out of those ramps. And so I remember one time, you know, someone said, hey, free parking right next to the arena. You don't even have to go outside. I said, eh, we'll see. I'll, uh... I'll go down the street, and then I'm not swearing behind my wheel while I wait for the entire line to go by. Uh, Tom in Williamsville, you're on WBEN. Tom, are you? do you pay for parking? Do you like a lot? Will you parallel park? What's your preference? I generally do the drive-through so I can pull forward when I leave wherever I go. I don't like to have someone come up behind me while I'm trying to back out. Generally, when I first get to a place, I either back in so I can pull out forward, and I always like to go that way. And if the lot's crowded, I generally try to go out to where it's less crowded just because I like to avoid all that hassle, you know what I mean? And like you say, the parking ramps are crazy. Oh, my God. I remember after a Sabres team. You know, you want to get out, especially if they lose in overtime or something, and, and Oh, my God, we've waited half hour, 45 minutes just to get in the line to get out of the ramp, you know? It's crazy. It's crazy. I'd rather take a little stroll, enjoy downtown, and, uh, you know, you're, you're probably still going to be waiting, but you're not going to be waiting that long. I, Tom, nothing, and thanks for the call. I uh, 803-0930 if you want to join us. Nothing bothers me more. I It could take the same amount. Of, it could even take longer for me. I, sitting behind the wheel and not moving. Oh, my goodness. I would rather, as long as I'm moving, I'll go a longer way. Or a way that, you know, it maybe uses more gas. Maybe it takes longer, even with the traffic. I'll go that way just to keep moving. I, there's something about sitting there, your foot on the brake. I, I can't handle it. That's my, that's my biggest pet peeve sitting behind the wheel and not moving. Someone chiming in on the text board, also 803-0930. Suburban drivers, they say, are the worst because they go into the city. They go down on Elmwood or Hurdle. Parallel Park end up taking two spots. I that is very annoying. To not you have to be courteous. 
a lot of it's using common sense. Now, I will say that sometimes someone who might look like they're not parked the right way, and this happens in parking lots too, you're doing that because of somebody else, right? And then the other car moves, and then it's you that looks like the jerk, right? Like you, you've got another car that's like parked half in the parking spot, whether it's in a parking lot and they're like encroaching on the yellow line a little bit, or they're on the street and they're half in the sign, half out, and you parallel park right there. I, uh, I, I, I've done that a few times and I always get out of the car thinking, you know what? I came in here, this guy's going to move and now I'm going to look like the jerk. And maybe that happened to this guy too. But I know in my head, I'm not the one who did a bad job parking. It was the other guy. Don't blame me. I want to like put a big sign on the car. Don't blame me. I had to park like this when I got here. Hey, thanks for uh, hanging out with me. We'll be back here tomorrow. Beam as and Beamer on WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 